Welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. So this morning, let's go ahead and get into the word. We're in Genesis chapter 13. You can turn there. We're going to be beginning with verse 10. This is a this is the story of of two relatives, both very wealthy um, men who come to this disagreement. Uh, Lot is traveling alongside with his uncle Abram. Each of them, they have their own uh, wealth. They have their own cattle. They have their own herdsmen, their own servants. And, and so they get to a, a, a point of dispute. And it's, it's essentially a conflict of this town isn't big enough for, for the two of us. We're told that Lot's possessions come into conflict with Abram's. And they, there gets to a point of where, where the tension is just too much to to handle. Have you ever been in that type of situation where like you're traveling with someone? It's always it always sounds like a good idea when you want to travel with friends, you want to go on vacation, but um sometimes you've had too much of them, right? Like let's be honest, in like the first day or two and it's it's like let's let's do this together, right? There, there's this sense of unity and togetherness and somewhere along the way it, it, that that ends. It's like it's it's you, it's me, my things versus your you things and my people and your people, my chips, your chips, right? And you're traveling with them, and, and you get so annoyed to the point where, like, if, if they dare to even re- reach in your bag of chips, like, you develop this little twitch, right? Like, you're just, because you're at your, you're at your break, breaking point. Enough is enough. Conflict, I want you to listen to this. Conflict arises, church, when tension goes unchecked. Did you get that? Conflict arises when tension goes unchecked. And tension begins... With subtle differences, when your opinions are different, when your priorities are different, when the process that you want to use versus the process someone else wants to use is different, when what you want to eat is different from what the other person wants to eat. Abram and Lot, they were probably traveling together for for quite a while. I don't know exactly how long, but it it must have been at least uh, several weeks, maybe longer. And the tension was beginning to build because they couldn't settle their differences over their possessions and the wealth that, that they had. And, and so they arrive at this point where tension becomes conflict and conflict leads to separation. And I was thinking about this. This is exactly how it happens so many times when people decide to just get up and leave a church, right? There's often, there's often like a conflict between members or between leaders where one leader wanted to do things this way and the other one wanted to do things that way. And, and they just, no one is big enough to say, hey, I'm, I'm sorry for these differences, but we're going to make it work, right? Essentially, someone just leaves thinking, hey, I'm just going to go somewhere else. Peace out. I'm going to go to another church where everything is perfect, right? Yeah, that's what we think. Every other church is perfect besides our own. That's usually how it goes down. And something, church, that we need to understand if we want to make it through life is that tension is just going to be around wherever we go. With whoever you're with, tension is going to be there. And I, I, think, I think about the church, the church itself, the, the universal church. I mean, that is probably the most divided organization in history, where we all started out at the Christian church as, as one body, and then at some point uh, there was that, that great schism between the East and the West, and then the Catholic church reformed, and, and that brought so many different sects uh, of the Christian church and then Protestantism and then so many different denominations. And now even in our own churches, in our own congregations, we can't help but split and divide. That tells me, man, that you can, you can break anything down to the most microscopic level and we'll, we'll still find something to separate from. Because divisions, 
There are divisions that sometimes we just can't seem to work out. Now, I'm not saying that division is not always necessary. Sometimes it is. It's, it's not always a bad thing. But I think as people of God, people of God in, in the house this morning, right? As people of God, I think we should use discernment. We should use wisdom before making a decision um, to part ways with something or with someone. Because when it's done outside of discernment and wisdom, sometimes we make terrible decisions, terrible mistakes. And so I, I've entitled this, this message, Parting Ways. Um, I already gave, gave you a little bit of background of what's going on. Uh, we're going to pick up in the story where Abram basically tells Lot, look, we shouldn't let these things get in the way of family, right? How about you go your way? I'll go my way. And I'll even let you, I'll, I'll allow you to have first pick. Wherever you want to go, you take a look, and wherever you want to go, you can go there. So reading from verse 10, I'm, I'm trying something different. The New Living Translation, I have it up here. It says, Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zor. The whole area was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan, and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. Amen. We're going to kind of just follow the story around this morning. Um, I, I, I wonder what exactly happened to drive Abram and Lot to this conclusion. We're told in verse 7 that, that the land, it wasn't able to support like both parties because of the size of their wealth. Um, we read that, that Lot's herdsmen and Abram's herdsmen, they weren't really getting along. So it kind of sounds like Lot and Abram went on vacation together, right? And the kids were fighting. Kids couldn't get along, so they had to be separated. At the end of the month, um, I'm, I'm going to be traveling to Colorado with, um, with my sister-in-law, M- Melinda and Mike and, and, uh, and Haley. And I, I just know Layla and Haley are going to fight. That's, that's what they do all the time, all day, every day. They act just like you'd expect cousins to act. They have a love-hate relationship. One minute they're, you know, not getting along, and then the next minute they're wanting to go into the restroom and have a deep conversation. I, I never understood that, man. Layla asked me to go to the restroom, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take you. And then Layla comes up, hey, I'm sorry, Haley comes up. She says, can I go too? Not to use the restroom, but just to hang out. And so I'm, there, I'm sitting there, and Layla's like literally on the toilet, and she's just gossiping, right, with Haley. And I'm just there like, are you done? She's like, no, Dad. I'm, I'm, I'm having a conversation here. <laughs> and when you're a parent, you know, uh, and, and your kids aren't getting along, I mean, you either you either separate them or you tell them to get their act together, right? So that's probably what we're going to end up doing uh, in Colorado. I, I thought it was always weird. Did, did y'all ever fight with y'all siblings? Show of hands. I just, okay, okay. Because Melissa's weird, man. Like, they never fought her and her siblings. They were like the Brady Bunch. And, and I always thought that was weird. And, and she's not here today. Layla's a little sick. Um, but but I, I asked Melissa, like, why don't you ever fight with your siblings? I would always I would go over, and they just loved each other. And I thought it was so weird because Ashley and me and Alexa, man, we, we'll duke it out, man, to this day. Um, so I never understood that. And, and, and it all made sense when, when Melissa said that um, any time when she was a kid, when she would fight with her siblings, her mom made them sit on the couch and hold hands until they stopped uh, fighting. <laughs> and it, it, it worked, right? That's, that's one way to do it. Maybe that's what Lot and Abram should have done with their herdsmen. Hey, y'all sit down and hold hands. Work it out, right? But they don't. They don't work it out. So Abram probably 
gets to a point where he pulls Lot to, to the side and he said, hey, man, we need to talk. We need to have a little conversation because something here isn't working. And it's getting in the way of us, of, of this bond. We're family. We can't let the, the, these, uh, these indecisions and, and, and all of this, these differences get in the way of family, right? But ultimately, that's what ends up happening. Abram gives Lot the option to, to go anywhere that he chooses, and Lot takes the opportunity to do so. And verse 10, I want, I want you to look at that again. It says, he, Lot takes a long look at the land near the valley of the Jordan, and it looks good. Someone say it looks good. It's got plenty of water. It's got plenty of vegetation. The author, Moses, he even compares it to the garden of the Lord. It looks like a good spot. I don't know why this reminds me of the song from Guns N' Roses, uh, Paradise City. Y'all probably don't know that because that's like, guess that's all music, right? Uh, when you play it and like your tia, your mom, she's like, guess that's all. I know it because I have a testimony, right? Um, but, but the main part of the song, if you know what I'm talking about, it, it's called Paradise City. I don't think they're talking about heaven. Um, but, but it sounds great, right? It, it looks great. There's a, there's a part in the song where it says, where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. That kind of summarizes this moment for Lot because he's looking around. He's looking around. Where should I go? Where should I make camp? Where should I take my peeps? And he finds this spot that looks Good. It seems to be good for him and his possessions, and he could thrive in that area. And he says, I'll take that spot over there. It looks good. We've talked about this before, church. Just because something looks good doesn't mean it is good. Because if we keep reading verse 13, it says, But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. Lot moved to LA. That's what that's what happened. Lot chose to reside in a place that it looked good. It might have benefited him physically and everything that he had, his possessions, but it did nothing for his spiritual well-being. Nothing, right? Now, had Lot chosen uh, this place for a very different reason, to do the will of God or to, you know, reach the lost, to bring a message of hope and salvation and love and repentance, that might have been a different story, right? Because God will do that to you. God will put you in, in a wicked place if it's for his purposes, but when we choose to separate from someone or, or, or something that's God, that has God's plan written all over it because we think that we can do better for ourselves, we're setting ourselves up for failure, church. Lot didn't really think about that. What he should have said was, no, Abram, I don't want to part ways with you. I want to go where you're going because I know where you're going. God, God marked specifically for you. I know that God called you. That's why I followed you here. That's why I'm here in the first place. I know that you have a promise, and I want a piece of that promise, so I'm not going anywhere. That's what he should have said. But because of trivial disagreements, a lot goes a different way. Church, don't miss what God has for you, an opportunity that he has for you because You can't get past a disagreement with someone because someone said to you something that rubbed you the wrong way. And and now there's a lot of tension and it's beginning to build. Man, in in, in the 21st century and our Western world, our go to solution is to is is, is to get out, never to work it out. It's always to get out. Meanwhile, look at what God says to Abram. Verse 14. After Lot had gone. The Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. 
I am giving you all of this land as far as you can see to you and to your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction for I'm giving it to you. That must have been awesome. Go and walk it. I remember going to walk the, the land in Tanzania. It was only 17 acres, but man, I felt like, man, all of this is ours. Everything the light touches. I remember I, I climbed a tree and I was like, man, all of this is ours. Felt good. And Abram, God is telling him everything. I mean, you, you, you name it. It's yours. I'm giving it to you. I'll be honest with you, man. Abram, he was he's probably much more of a righteous man than, than I am because had I been Abram in this situation after receiving this word from God, after Lot just left me, I would have thought, man, so long, sucker. <laughs> Beat that. Beat that, Lot. Come on, you know you do that, guys. That boyfriend dumps you. The girlfriend breaks your heart. You upgrade, and then you start trolling them on Facebook to see how they're doing, and they didn't upgrade, right? So you're like, you're giving God praises all the rest of the days of your life because of his favor over your life, right? I know how it is. I know how it is. (laughs) I don't think Abram, though, cared so much about what Lot did. I think that he had a mission, and he wasn't going to stop until he he completed it. He had his eyes on a prize. He wasn't concerned with who was with him or who wasn't because he knew that God was with him. Now, Lot, on the other hand, he makes his way down to what he thinks is a better place than the one that he was in. Lot got to choose, right? He had, he had first draft pick. He got to choose where he was going to go. But Lot's choice was a destiny that didn't have God's hand in it. The choice to do anything, church, is ours, right? That's, I mean, that's one of the, 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 the gifts that God bestows on his children. Every person, we have the ability to make our own decisions based on our circumstances that we're in. So if you want to part ways with someone because of a disagreement that you had with them, that's, that's totally up to you. Right? If you want to leave that, that job because you can't get along with your boss or your coworkers, that's, that's your choice. But your choice doesn't always equal God's will. We talked about, we talk about uh, God's will last week. If you were here, if you weren't, go back to that message, man. We talked about that when we pray, more important than, than the request that we're making, more important than, than God, give me a healing. God, give me strength. God, give me joy. The most important thing is God, let your will be done. Your will, not mine. Because I will make decisions based off of what I see, based off of what looks good, based off of what sounds good. I will choose something that seems to be better than something else. But that can be dangerous because our good isn't always God's good. It's not. Man, God, God has a version of good, man, that surpasses our understanding, man. So beautiful, where even, even when we're in what feels to be bad, God's like, oh, man, I can't wait till this works out. He's going to see it. Just wait. You think, you think that Jesus was on the cross thinking, man, this feels great. You think he was seeing, oh, you're a good, good father on the cross? I don't, I don't think so. But God knew what he was doing. God saw the good because he is good and everything that he does is good. Even when we don't see it, God sees it. And when it's disguised as something not good, God's doing his thing, man. God's goodness, man, it surpasses our understanding. So Lot ends up making this decision based on what he thinks looks good. But his decision to even make that choice in the first place, it came from division. It came from a conflict that he couldn't work out. 
which probably wasn't good in the first place. I, I kind of want to unpack this for a little bit. I, man, I could preach this. Sometimes, sometimes we're praying to God to help us with the decision that we feel we have to make. God, help me. God, guide me to that new job. God, guide me to that new church. God, guide me. Give me the option. Tell me which one to choose. God, I like Victor and I like Jose. Which one? And sometimes God's like, hey, take, take a step back and ask, your, ask yourself why you feel the need to make a decision in the first place. Why are you even looking for a new church? Is it because you don't like someone there? If that's the case, don't ask for a new church. Ask for a better attitude. I don't, I don't like any of those guys for you. Why do you feel the need to have one? Is it because you feel lonely? Why don't you pray instead of that, that I draw near to you? Maybe we're praying the wrong thing because of, 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 of a bad situation that came out that, that we caused that wasn't even good in the first place. And now we're trying to work it out. But God was like, hey, go revert to, to situation number one. Work that out. Sometimes we're praying to God, man, to make us help us with decisions that we don't even need to make in the first place. You got those people that pray for everything, man. They go to the car dealership and they're like, the anointing oil. God, lead me to... Which, which car do you want me to have? I've, I've seen it, man. I've heard people say, God, I, I, I've, I've heard people give testimonies that they were praying at the car dealership, going car by car. Lord, help me. Is this the one? Is this the one? Which car do you want me to choose? God's like, see bank account. <laughs> man. In the next chapter, we, we find out what, what happens to Lot as a result of this decision. Okay, We're told that um, war breaks out. And, and Lot ends up getting captured in Sodom. He was living in Sodom. Lot, Lot's a very mysterious man because um, the Apostle Peter, he refers to him as a, as a, as a righteous man. But, but Lot did a lot of ungodly things, man. He might have been considered righteous because he was a God-fearing man, even though he wasn't doing the will of God all the time. I could see that. You can be a God-fearing person without living out your God-given purpose. What's the fun in that, right? Like, if you're going to be a Christian, be a sold-out Christian. Be, be, be a Christian without compromise. Lot, Lot was unwilling to compromise some things. He was unwilling to make things work with Abram. He chose to remain in a place that he knew did nothing for his spirit because it did something for his physical possessions. A little bit later, we read that Lot even offers his daughters to a, a mob of, of violent men. I mean, he's, he's not willing to compromise many things to represent God. And as a result of this godless decision to part ways with the divine purpose, Lot gets captured, and he's in need of rescue. Now, I'll be, I'll be the first one to admit, man, that I've, I've needed to be rescued from some decisions that I've made. Amen? I don't, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I've made some dumb decisions before. Yes, that's in my notes. Because I've, 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 I've beat myself up about that one so many times. $50 speakers that I bought for $300. <laughs> it was a dumb decision. Dumb decision. I've, 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 bought, I've bought things that I didn't need to buy, I need to rescue from. I've said things that I needed to be rescued from. I've done things, I've made decisions that, you know, where there shouldn't have been a decision to make. I've dated girls that I shouldn't have dated. I've eaten the things that have done my body wrong. 
I've missed opportunities because I've parted ways with God's calling. I mean, I've, I've done some, I've made some bad decisions, man. If I write them down and compare them to the good decisions that I made, the list is probably longer on the list that I've, I've, I've gotten it wrong. And I bet Lot feels really dumb right now because he had that first choice and he was, he was walking by, by sight and he's like, that one looks great. I'm going to go over there. And now sometime later, he's sitting in a cage, probably beating himself up. All of this could have been avoided with just a little bit of wisdom and discernment. You know, we do that to ourselves, right? We, we beat ourselves up. Man, I was beating myself up for days after those speakers. <laughs> he's probably saying, man, if I had just made it work with my uncle and not let possession interfere with promise, He's sitting in a cage. I love this next part, though, church, in the story. Because I think, I think we tend to relate more to Lot than we do to Abram, especially these days, man, where, where the decisions we make are almost always done because of how it looks. The house that we buy, the car that we buy, where we want to live, it's all based off of what we can see. So I read this part of the story in, in chapter 14, and I kind of start feeling better about my stupidity <laughs> because I see it as a message that also has a little bit of redemption in it. Man, can you give God praise for redemption that he does that for us? Where even when we're so down because of the decisions that we've made, we have a God that is ready to rescue us at any given moment. I'm going to have Will come up. Maybe you're here this morning, and you, you need to be rescued from some of the decisions that you made. Maybe a decision that you made last week, last year, five years ago. Maybe it was a, a decision that you made last night and you're here and you're kind of broken. We, we get to those points where we're just beating ourselves up so much and, and we're so low and we're so down. But I want you to read this. This is chapter 14, verse 14. It says, when Abram heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he mobilized. And I, I just want to kind of preach on some Keywords real, real quick. It says, when he heard, he mobilized. You getting that? When Abram heard, he mobilized. It, it didn't matter that he was separated from his nephew because of the decision for, for, from Lot to leave in the first place. When he heard that he needed help, he mobilized. Church, God is not unaware of your hurt, of your situation. He knows the moment that you hit rock bottom, and, and when you're there, he hears about it, and he is ready to mobilize. He's ready to rescue you. It says he mobilized the 318 men who had been born into his household. Then he pursued. There's another one, man. God will pursue your enemies, church. Because even, even when you messed up, you still belong to him. So God is going to chase after your enemies because your enemies stand in the way of him and you. And so he's going to pursue every, every devil, man, every demon, every giant that is in your life going after you. And he'll go through the waters. He'll go through the mountains. He'll go through the valleys, the oceans, wherever you are, wherever your enemy is, he's going to go after them in pursuit of them to rescue you. Then he pursued the army until he caught up with them. There he divided his men and attacked. Man, there's another one, but I'm just not, I'm going to skip that one. He attacked during the night. The army fled, but Abram chased them 
as far as Ahobah, north of Damascus, and Abram recovered all the goods that had been taken, and he brought back his nephew Lot with his possessions and all the women and all the other captives. There's another one, man. God will recover. Someone say recover. Whatever has been lost in your life because of a decision that you made, God will restore everything that was lost and make it better, man. I love that. I love that. And I don't know if I'm just preaching to myself, but I'm going to give myself an amen because I have a God who will recover everything that I've lost because of my stupid decisions. That is the God that I serve where I kick myself and I part ways with him and his promise and his purpose and, and, and his divinity. I just walk away completely. God is still there ready to rescue me, man. I love that. I love that I can preach a message that gets after us for our silliness and our selfishness but still find the grace and the love of God at the end of it. I love that. I love that the word of God is not just a message of of correction, but forgiveness. Because if it was correction, man, we'd be getting beat up Sunday after Sunday. But it's not just correction, it's forgiveness, it's mercy. I love that the message that my God has conveyed to us is not just a message of hopelessness after dumb decisions that we've made, but of redemption because of who he is and how much he loves us. I love that. I love it. I love that even when we part ways from him and his promise and his purpose and we miss the mark as we so often do, church. God is still there because he is good and he is ready to rescue us. That is the God that we serve. That is the God that is here today. And he is ready to rescue you in whatever situation that you need to be rescued from. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. And I'm going to ask right there where you're at just to, just to meditate on this word for a second. Just meditate on this word. Parting ways. God, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, my God, for missing the mark day after day, Lord. We can never completely walk in holiness, my God, because we are, we are flawed. We're filled with, with insecurities and, and fear, my God, and and, and selfishness and sometimes greed and and I'm sorry God I'm sorry Lord that we are so off but I thank you my God because you are so on it all the time you are there my God when I'm not even there and you're ready to rescue me and you're ready to, to pursue after my enemies my God to get to me Lord because I'm your child and I belong to you Lord forgive us for our mistakes Father Forgive us for what we have done, my God, to be in this current situation, this current hopelessness, this current mindset and mentality, my God, this this current debt, my God, whatever it is. But we're looking to you as our rescuer, as our hope. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeriglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.